Hello, and welcome to none other than Nigel. Buckle up and get ready for a fun-filled podcast dedicated to informative and knowledgeable topics and conversations relevant to music, TV, movies, and books with your host, none other than Nigel. Listen and learn from multi-award-winning special guests as we delve deep into in-depth discussions ranging from topics relevant to the wonderful world of entertainment, living life on life's terms, and simply having fun.
chocolate soul music to me means um I would say well the first thing that comes to my mind is Temptations, the OJ's uh, music from the 80's and music I still listen to I, I love old school music that's you know, my favorite uh, R&B preference I like a lot of old school music so yeah that that that's that, that would be that would be it for me yeah um Donny Hathaway um, oh my gosh Natalie Cole all the great artists back then, Chocolate Soul, you know, because their music to me, you know, it, it, it just kind of, you know, it, it touches your soul. When you hear the lyrics, you know, you can relate to it because most of the, the artists back then, they sing about love and staying together, you know, and, and it does, it does touch your soul. And those, those type of songs to me are timeless and um, you can still listen to them, I mean, 10 years from now. And they still, you know, a
Oh. <laughs> okay. Um, million Dollar Babe. B. Million Dollar Babe. Uh, million Dollar Babe was not one of my favorite songs. So uh, it actually was not one that I wanted to do. And back then I didn't really have much say in the song selections, you know.
So it was like, okay, we, we want you to do this song. So, you know, we want you to do this one. But, you know, some of the songs that I sang back then, it was like they were they were too poppy. They were too pop. And, um, you know, my, my me being a, you know, R&B artist, that just, it just, I think those type of songs got lost and then it shuffled in the mix. Okay. So. Where do we go from here? Where do we go from here was, oh gosh, that, that was a, actually, that song was number one for Johnny Gill and I. And um, we got um, lots and lots of earplay from that song and um, the radio stations really 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 did an outstanding job you know because it's so important it doesn't matter you know how good a song is if you don't have the record company support or uh, the radio stations playing your music then how are people going to hear you know what you're doing but uh, that song I think it really um, it, it, it was a huge record for us. It was on Billboard, Billboard charts for four weeks, number one, and um, that was my last last song when I walked away from the R&B industry. That's my last record I walked away from. Number one.
Let me take you down. Now that "Let Me Take You Down" was my favorite song. I would say one of my favorites because I, I recorded twelve albums during my R&B career, and um, "Let Me Take You Down" was one of those songs to me that I really, when I sang that song, I felt it, and I think that's why I sang it the way I sang it because it was just one of those songs that I mean I just. In my opinion, it was like, wow, I, I was feeling it, and, and and I think that when you when you're really liking a song and you're feeling it, you you really kind of put your best into it, you know. What a joy to discover. Nothing 
So that particular song, it was um, it was written by oh gosh, what was his Lou Pace. He was a record producer, songwriter from Florida, mm-hmm. and uh, we went to meet with him, and um, we were looking for a really pretty ballad. Mm-hmm. So he was like, "I think I got, I think I have something that I want you to hear. I think you would like this one." So uh, we heard that record, and I was like, "That's the one." Wow. But it's so it's so unfortunate because that record did not get a lot of airplay, and in my opinion, if it had, that would have been a huge record. Mm. But you know, during that time when I was with Motown, Motown had other acts that that they were from. from like, what? How do I put it? They had other they had other acts that were they were kind of putting more uh, focus on mm. instead of Stacy Lattisaw. So I kind of got lost in the mix of that, and um, that was another reason why I was like, you know what? Um, I'm not really getting the type of you know, attention and respect that I think I deserve. So that's why I, I ended up, you know, becoming frustrated and I walked away from the industry. So when I first, when you came out with Dynamite and um, we bought the album and um, there was a song on the album, My Love. Oh, gosh. I'm here to tell you my love. Every time I listen to it still today, that was one of those kind of songs a lot of people still have not even heard that song. I really wish that was one of was was a single, but it was it was just another song on the album that Nara and Michael Walden had, had written for me, and um, that was one of the most beautiful songs I've ever heard in my life. And it's almost like it's just the word says back back in the days of used to be the child in me, my love. Um. Oh my gosh, what is it after that? Child in me, my love. Oh, so like a flower by the apple tree, you and me, my love. Then it says only you can change my lonely nights. Only you can shine. The brightest uh, light in my soul.
That song, it was it was almost like a teeny bit gospel-y, mm-hmm. you know, but um, it, it, it was just such a beautiful song. And I really wish, I, in fact, I played it for my kids a while ago, and my daughter was like, wow, that's a pretty song. And it's funny because she sounds just like me then. Wow. She sounds just like me when I was, uh, I think I was 15 when I recorded that. I may have been 14. Mm-hmm. I recorded that song, but it was just you know another one of those songs that a lot of my songs back then, in my opinion, were beautiful songs, but they got wasted. They weren't picked as singles. Radio never played them, and um, you know that happens a lot. Being an artist, like I said before, when you're not when you don't really have a lot of um, say in the song selections that they choose or the singles that they choose, and then the album end, end up doesn't not doing well. Then it's almost like okay, they the, the the record company holds you accountable for it because what happens is they they they're the ones that put up all the money, and if the album doesn't do well, then you and the is being the artist, you're in the red, in the negative. You owe them all this money, 
So, um, but if 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 it were my decision back then, if it, if I had, like I said, more input as far as you know, with songs or or, or singles, with songs I you know, because I even back then, being fourteen. I think I still had an ear to hear it. Yeah, well, I, I know you probably don't like like it as much as I do, but I love um, Jump. Um, jump Into My Life? Yeah, I think. Don't, 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 don't. Yeah, come time yeah. after time. That, that song was big. Over oh my the God! And then when you was on the Soul Train and you had the um the little blonde and you had that that um, <laughs> well you was fierce. Yeah. I'm telling you, was doing a little a little wop. Was it the wop yeah. we was doing or the um? Mm. <laughs> I think it was the wop. That record is big. I mean, the sound is big. Yeah, the bass is big. If you yeah, it's huge. I love that yes, one. Yeah. Thank you. 
it's an instinct. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a natural born instinct. And had you had input to, to help with the strategy and the marketing and the planning of the project, Absolutely. you know. And then they, I remember them saying too that because I was just a little girl that, you know, the songs, some of the songs were, they didn't want the songs to sound, make me sound older than what I was. So they had a problem with my image and it was just a lot of things because I was so young. So that's why still today, you know, my daughter, she sings and she plays the piano. She also writes music as well, but I would never put her out there too soon. You know, she's only 15, but I, in my opinion, I think that um, I've come I've come across a few other you know young kids that sing rap, but you need to be ready for the industry. You need to be nurtured. You got to be prepared for it because it's a tough business, and you have to have thick skin, tough skin, to be able to handle it. Fresh new way, my 
back then I was extremely shy I was just a little girl and wanted to do normal things you know that other kids did at 14 but I wasn't able to so that's why you know with my daughter you know I'm giving her time to grow up and, and think well if this is really what you want to do then I'll support you because in my opinion I don't think no parent should you know just just say well you know what this is what you're gonna do and 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 that that is that's it but you know, it, it should the, the child should also have some input. You know, you should all that, that should also be their decision as well. Because the music industry is a tough one. It really, really is. I mean, there are a lot of people that you think are your friends. A lot of people you think that are, you know, have your best interests at heart. You, you find out that they don't. And your, the management company, you know, you, you, oh my gosh, just so much. The management company. I was with years ago. They beat me out of a lot of money. Motown Records, like I said, they didn't support me. And um, so, yeah, you, you really have to really, really, really be, you know, uh, have that tough skin. Because if not, you know, some, I think that's what kind of causes some artists to kind of, you know, get on drugs. Because they can't, it comes to a place where you're giving your best. You're giving 150%. But if you don't have that support and that, that, that good management, you know, it's like, okay, you, you, you start to feel like, you know what, what am I here? What am I doing this for? Mm -hmm. So, you know, some people can't handle the pressure of, of, 
you know, of all of that. And then uh, when, when things don't start to go right, they tend to, you know, get on drugs or start to, you know, drink a lot of liquor. And then next thing you know, you've kind of... Um, Faded away. Uh, or... uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, Self-destruct. The first time that I saw you, I felt your eyes touch me. I tried everything I knew, babe, trying to be next to you, babe, but I'm not the same girl anymore. to 
you know, it's like I said, it's a, it's a, it's a tough business, and it's so much jealousy, and in, in, in the music industry, it's, it's not very much unity, egos, yeah, egos, lots of egos, and and it's just a lot of um, competition, you know. So I'm all about unity, you know. I've always, you know, been the kind of person I love to help people, and uh, want to see people do well. But you, you know, some some. Some of the people that you come across, you know, as you begin to ride that hill of success, you begin to find out who your real friends are, mm -hmm. who your fr real friends are not. Because there were friends some people use too loosely. You know, we, we all think, all have a lot of associates. But when it comes to friends, you know, friends are few and rare. And when you find a really good friend, you, you need to really, you know hold on to that friend because mm -hmm. everybody that you think has you know want, wants to be you some some people want to be your friend for the wrong reasons i'll just say that what they could possibly gain from you or you know i've had people come to my home and steal from me that were my so-called friends so yeah it, it's it's tough because you you it's it's like you don't want to um you know just kind of separate yourself and you know, just be a secluded type of person, but at the same time, you have to guard who you are, you know, because some people, like I said, just want to be in your circle for the wrong reason. Nail it to the wall. Nail it to the wall. Now, this one, um, and, and then also, how did it feel performing, when you met Natalie Cole and performed it live? Actually, Nail it to the wall was another one of my not favorite songs. I really was not in favor of recording that song because, um, like I said, the type of songs I I always love ballads. I I kind of, you know, something similar to Anita Baker style songstress, you know. So when it came to up tempo uh, club songs, that that to me was a, like a club song, and I remember. Uh, Jellybean Benitez, if I'm not mistaken, I think that's his name. He wrote and produced that song. So when they presented the song to me, I was like, you know, it, it, it's, it's okay, but I just don't think it fits me. It doesn't fit my image. It doesn't fit my voice. And um, but once again, it was like, okay, we're gonna do this like a.
you know, I met Natalie Cole prior to that. We had all went out. We had a show, had a show someplace, and she she happened to be in town. It was her sister Slash and um, Nina Nona Hendricks and myself and my mom. We had all gone out to dinner, and um, Natalie is a beautiful person. I haven't seen her in a long time though, but she she we we had so much fun. We had all went to the seafood restaurant, and um, it's funny because she. She was always very outgoing and loved to laugh and a little loud, but um, we had went out to eat and, and it was, it's like I said, we, we, you know how you go to the crab places and they have to put the paper on the table mm-hmm. and they bring the, the crab knockers. Mm-hmm. So um, we, we had all, we all had a crab knocker. So she started beating on the table <laughs> and uh, I think the story is in my book as well. She started beating, beating on the table and next thing you know, uh, Kathy started beating. We, we was we all had a little beat going, so all of us started singing the song, and the people in the restaurant, some of them, some of them had recognized us, and it was like, oh my goodness, they putting on a show in here. So we had a little mini, little semi, little small little show <laughs> in the uh, crab See, house. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> See, that's but yeah, she she's a really really nice person, and see, like I said before, there. There are there are some good people with good hearts that are sincere in the industry, you know. There there there's some good people out there. Yes, yeah. indeedy. There are some. Yes, indeedy. Um, every drip drop. Every drop you ever love was. Um, that was a song that I did like. That song was written and produced by Ron Kersey. Okay. And he lived in California. I had gone there and spent I guess a few weeks or a month or so. And I recorded some songs with him, and um, that ended up being one of the songs we used. And I think he did another one, if I'm not sure, one or two more. And he was, you know, it's funny because when you work with different producers, they some of them let you be who you are, let you sing the way you want to sing. And then sometimes you come across a producer that says to you, whom I'm not going to, I'm not going to name his name, but said to me one time years ago. To kind of do it like, kind of do it like Janet Jackson, and I was like, I'm not her, so I'm not, I'm not trying to sing like Janet Jackson. I'm Stacy, and I'm gonna sing like Stacy sing. Mm-hmm. So I just, you know, that really, really turned me off. <laughs> Fortunately, I didn't do any more work with him. But um, yeah, being an artist, you, you, you want to be yourself. No one wants to, you know, hear singing, singing like him or sing like her. You know, you have your own style.
Towards the are you serious? Call me. He's like, give me the better, 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 I don't remember very much about this song to be honest with you. There was no little songs on it. I was really feeling. But it was a radio song. I when I when I played it to um I was like, Oh, I remember that song. They used to play Call Me because you were talking about your telephone. As a matter of fact, you rapped on it too. You're not talking about track of the name. No, that's that's next.
Attack of the Name Game. Attack of the Name Game. That was a fun song for me. In fact, um, I had my friends. A lot of my friends had came to the studio, and they did the background part in that song. And my brother at the time, I think he was maybe nine or ten years old. He may have been eight, something like that. But he did the um, the, the the rap part in it. Uh, that was cute. That, that was a really cute song. That was a song that I liked. Oh, he 
I guess that because you have every drip drop 
Um, let me what take you, you down. What you need. Um, that was it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, those times were. Um, I don't. The vi the video. I think you were you. Well, I can tell you when every drip drop and and um, let me take you down. That's when the industry was, was moving uh, towards video. Yes, it was. It was and your videos. Those they represented you well. Yeah, <laughs> Whoever I, put I that video on, who produced it? Yeah, yeah. I would have loved to have done a video for "Let Me Take You Down." That would have been great. Because, like I said, it was such that was such a pretty song. Mm -hmm. That was a beautiful song. But so there's no I, there is a video for that one. Let me take you down. No. Every drip drop. Let me take you down. No. Every drop of your love. What you need. Um. Oh gosh, what was the third one? It's another ballad. Off of that first out, um, there was another song too. That one of my favorite songs is called "I Love You Somewhere Before." That song was so pretty.
Miracles was one of my favorites. Oh my goodness. Oh gosh, did I love Miracles. I, I begged them to release that as a single. You are my best idea. The moment I became inspired. And we created something special here. I love to take us through the years. Our hearts are in the right place. Beyond the shadow of a doubt. Some kind of magic's taken over me. ministry work I love ministry I, that's I believe that's my true calling I love to sing but I love to minister even more I love to help people I love to encourage people there's so many people going on going through so many different things right now and with the economy being the way it is people are really hurting and suffering going through you know I mean hard times mm -hmm. so I love to minister to people and and to give them the word of God to give them encouragement and hope so um, I'm just praying that God will give me more opportunities to share 
the word of God and his faithfulness and how he kept me, you know, and I didn't end up somewhere on the street. You know, I didn't lose anything when I walked away from the, from the music industry. I did not lose anything. God's been faithful to me. He's been very, very faithful to me. So, um, and lastly, an encouraging word. I would say, uh, I, I would say, whatever you are aspiring to be, whatever your dreams may be, um, whether it be the music industry, whether if you think you've been called to the ministry, uh, even if you may even want to be your hairstylist, never give up on your dreams because even the Bible says that your gifts, your t I'm, I'm sorry, your gifts will make room for you. So whatever your gifts are, God gives each and every one of us different gifts. Yours is different from mine. So you've got to find out what you're good at because in you there's a talent, there's a gift, and um, you just have to dig, pray, and ask God to show you what your gifts are. So when you find out what you're good at, you know, just, just keep on practicing it, keep on working on yourself, and, and never give up on that, on that dream. Because God is no respect of persons. God wants to bless each of us. Mm -hmm. Each of us. And we're called to be a blessing. We are called to be a blessing. So um, I would say, you know, you're going to, you know, even with, with me with the book, there were times where I wanted to give up because I, I would get that thing called writer's block, I think it's called. <laughs> so I would be like, you know what, I, I'm not going to do this book because this is getting frustrated with me. But, see, that's something in all of us. We, 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 we tend to want to give up too soon. And I would say don't give up just before your breakthrough happens. Because your breakthrough could be right, it could be right around the corner, it could be next week. It could be the two weeks from now. But some people give up too soon before the breakthrough happens. So don't give up. Don't quit. God has placed too much in you for you to quit. Beautiful. Continue to pray and stay focused. Focus is such a such an important word because I know with me I have a lot of opportunities, a lot of things on my plate. But you gotta stay focused on whatever you you're trying to achieve in life. Stay focused on whatever you're looking to do because there's so many different distractions that can come your way in the way of a person, place, or thing. So you've got to stay focused, and, and like I said before, you know, sometimes when you feel a little discouraged, pick up the Bible, find a scripture, and encourage yourself. That's what David did in the Bible. David encouraged himself in the Lord. So we all need to and encourage ourselves. You're going to have those moments when you feel like quitting and giving up and say, you know what, this is too much. I, 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 you know, but, but God says no. You've got to go on That's right. and fulfill your purpose and your destiny because you have a purpose and a destiny, a destiny that only you can feel, fulfill, fulfill a purpose and plan that God has placed in you. He has great things in store for his people. And many times, like I said before, you know, people say, well, because of the way I was brought up, you know, my, my, my childhood wasn't the best or, you know, I was abused, you know, those are scars. But don't let those scars keep you from your destiny. Pray about it. Give it to God. And, and even if someone's hurt you, forgive that person. Let, that, let the forgiveness, let it go. Forgive them and let it go. Because as long as you hold on to the unforgiveness, it, it not only hinders your prayers, but it blocks your blessings as well. So we as people, we've got to realize the importance of forgiveness. Because in, in order for you to go further in life, 
you got to deal with your unresolved issues from the past. And that's one thing I always minister about when I, when I speak. Because we as people, we all have a past. And we all have some things that we, you know, even at a ch in your childhood, you may have had an issue or something may have happened to you. But you got to dig down, let God dig down inside of your spirit, man, and clean it up out of you. Because only he can do, it's like a surgery that God goes in, and he does. And he takes that hurt, that pain, that unforgiveness, that resentment. You know, God takes it all, all out of you. When you get on your knees and pray to him, he will do that. Because he did that with me. He's no respect of persons. I, I, I was hurt years ago, and I was like, you know what? How can I forgive this person? But I began to pray, and I said, God, help me to forgive. Give me the grace to forgive. And that's exactly what God did. Mm -hmm. So now I want to talk about I am not the same girl. Believer building bridges. I just, it, yeah. The book, the book, <laughs> the book. Well, actually, the book um, uh, was called, it's called I'm Not the Same Girl Renewed. Renewed, okay. And um, it was, I actually had a song out years ago um, entitled I'm Not the Same Girl, which was another song I did not care to do. But um, the record company wanted me to do this song, and it was very, very, very pop. And I, I said back then, I'm not a pop artist, so why are you all giving me pop records? And I think that's, you know, just kind of took a toll on my career as well. But, um, yeah, this, that the book talks about me being changed and being renewed because back then I didn't know who I was. And even though I was a celebrity... A child star. I had money and knew lots of people, and you know, had the opportunity. The highlight of my career, I would say, was um, opening for the Jacksons in 1981, okay. meeting Michael, and um, spending time with him after each show. You know, those those to me were precious, precious times and great memories.
Michael, in my opinion, was the greatest entertainer of, of our time. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't think there will ever be another Michael Jackson. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, that, that was quite interesting. But, um, so the book, it, it talks about some of the struggles and challenges I went through mm -hmm. in my childhood. Because I had to come out of school in the 8th grade. Um, because my record was actually, my, I think at the time it was Loving the 2A Street. Okay. Or it could have been that let me be your angel. It was starting to get a lot of airplay on the radio. So the kids were starting to pick on me and you know, I was getting called names, you know, white girl, yellow girl, red girl, and because I was very quiet, I was very shy, um, they thought I was conceited. They thought that, you know, she thinks she all that. But just because someone's quiet doesn't mean that they think that they're all that. You know, and unfortunately, um, some of us, we, we're black. I do have a little Canadian in me. Okay. That's where the name Lottisaw comes from. And uh, I do have a little white in my family as well. But um, most, I think most of me is black. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the mass majority. Right. But uh, yeah, we, we are mixed. But um, it's, it's unfortunate because, you know, when you reach a certain level of success, they're going to always be haters. They're going to always be people that, you know, just are jealous, you know. And, and it comes with the territory. I remember my mom told me that years ago. And um, it's just one of those things. It's, it's, you know, instead of us being more celebratory, celebratory. And, yeah, we, some of our people, we don't do that. Mm -mm. You know, we backbite and... And, and jealous and envious and all that stuff and, and that's that's so not cool because you know I'm the kind of person I believe that when God blesses you God is no respect of persons so when he blesses you um, we're called to be a blessing but what some people don't understand is that when you don't celebrate another person's success you disqualify yourself God can't bless, like, you know, the old saying says, God doesn't like ugly. That's true. You know, so it's it's just an unfortunate thing where, you know, our people just don't celebrate each other enough. And, and see, you don't know, when you don't know a person's struggle, when you don't know what they've been through to, to, to reach that level of success, you don't know their story, <laughs> you don't know what it had to cost them, it cost me a lot, you know, being a child star. I paid a heck of a price because I was never home. Mm -hmm. You know, I was always on the road. And um, I had to finish my schooling. Um, actually, I, I was tutored at home from the ninth grade until the twelfth grade. So I missed out on my prom. Of course, I wasn't able to date. My mom wouldn't let boys call my house. Um, I missed out on, on the high school games all those times because, like I said, I was, I was never home. And... Um, it, it, it was one of those kind of things that, you know, it, it came with being a, a recording artist. It came with being a, you know, celebrity. So, it just is what it is. And, and um, I talk about that in the book. I talk about, you know, being depressed. I was very depressed for a while and, and um, just, just empty. And the more I try to... to you know, it's like I would try to fill the, the emptiness with, with a new purse or a new diamond ring or a new car or, you know, but, but it was like the more I tried to, to fill the void, 
the emptier I became. And um, I began, I remember I began to pray, and I, I would pray and ask God to show me what he wanted me to do with my life, what his purpose was for me. And um, God, you know, just began to make it clear to me mm -hmm. that he had called me. And um, that's why I walked away from the music industry, because God called me, and I answered the call. Beautiful. And it brought me to where I am today. Beautiful. The minister of the gospel. And I now share the struggles and the, you know, the, the things I went through. You know, and I and I tell other women that I know what it's like to be abused. I was I was I was I was in an abusive relationship, and um, this young man actually twice I dealt with. Um, <laughs> I had this young man I was dating in New York, and um, he had gone to work, and I answered his phone, and. Um, Actually, I'm sorry, let me take that back. I didn't answer his phone. Back then, you know how it had the... And I think still today with the voice messages, the, when, when the person calls, the, the voice message, the, the, the answer machine comes on. So this young lady had left a message. And she's like, hey, honey, blah, 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 blah. And so when he got home from work, I was like, I thought it was just you and I. So who is this calling your phone? So... He hogged off and he smacked me in my face. And I was like, okay. I got my purse and I said, you know what? You will never see me again. And he apologized to me and he told me that he would, you know, he was wrong. He'd never do it again. And um, I said, you know what? It only takes one time. I said, for me, honey, I'm rolling out. I don't think that it's ever acceptable. For a man to hit a woman. And if he hits you and tells you that he loves you, he's lying. He has a problem. He has anger issues and maybe some other issues as well. But no man should ever hit a woman. And and I, I'm just so, you know, I, I when I speak at a lot of different conferences, I speak at women's conferences. And I always tell them that you got to know your value. You got to know who you are, what you're worth. Because God loves you. And for you to stay in that abusive relationship you have to love yourself enough to walk away you have to love yourself enough to to leave because and, and some of them are afraid to leave because they say well if i go then then you know he, he may try and find me and kill me but you cannot think that way you have to think well what what happens if you stay that that not only is he abusing you physically but he's abusing you mentally as well and some of the scars that that you know, last a lifetime are not the ones that you see with the eye, but they're the, the ones that are unseen. And I, and I believe they're the mental scars. You know, when, when, when a person has been mentally abused, that's a hard thing to deal with. And many times you, you really have to go to counseling to, to, to deal with that. But that particular guy, you know, like I said, when, when he smacked me, that was it for me. He never saw me again. And I remember his mom had called me and, and asked me, you know, what had happened, and I told her that I dated someone else, um, <laughs> and it was kind of similar to that. He had a temper, and I was leaving. His a young lady had called his house one night. I was there, and I, I said, you know what? I thought it was just you and I, but obviously it's not. So I got my purse and I walked out of his house. And he took my arm and he grabbed my arm and twisted my arm and I said, let me go, I'm leaving. 
And uh, he didn't hit me, but that was enough right there for me. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, I was always raised that you, it's almost like you have to have a, a you, uh, you have to have, you have to love yourself enough to say, well, you know what? I'm not going to tolerate, I don't have to tolerate that. You know, I do not have to tolerate that. So, yeah, then I was in the third relationship with a young man who some of you all may know. But I won't mention his name either. I won't mention names. But, um, yeah, he, he was abusive to me as well. He was abusive. He had started, gotten to the point where um, he would call me bees. And he was okay with it. And um, I was like, you know what? This is not love. This can't be love. And um, <laughs> it's funny because... Back then, I didn't tell my family because I know if I told my family that they would have went to find every last one of them, and they would have, yeah, they, they would beat them up really bad. <laughs> Especially my brother, because he he's always been very very protective of me. And um, but yeah, I, I always tell people never, never stay in a in an abusive relationship because that's not love. Mm -hmm. When a person hits you. And calls you names, you know. To me, that that's it's unacceptable. You know, you have to love you enough, love yourself enough, to not stay in that relationship and walk away. And even if you have to be alone for a while, pray and ask God to send you the person that He knows is going to be good for you, because God knows the heart of man. He sees the heart of man. You know, He He, he can be the finest thing walking down the street. He can, He can have a million dollars in the bank, but still be ugly on the inside with a with a terrible spirit so you know you, you really have to um love yourself enough to not stay in, in abusive relationships and that's why i do what i do today because you see it's like if you've never been through those things how can you talk about it mm -hmm. and i believe in the importance of being transparent with people you know so a lot of times when i go and, and talk to you know women at the, the conferences and things I, I share my personal stories with them and let them know that, you know what, I went through that, but I'm not there today. And where you are today, it's just temporary. God loves you so much. He loves you unconditionally. Whatever, wherever you are, whatever you're going through, it's just temporary. It's not your final destination. So, you know, I just believe that, like I said, getting back to the book, you know, the book was very therapeutic for me because I cried. While I was writing it, it took me two years to write it, you know, also. I laughed sometimes, and um, it, 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 it did me good to, to write the book because I actually was able to get some of those things, those emotions out of me while I was writing the book. So it, it helped me out a lot, and um, I really, really, really want this book to be in a lot of kids' hands, not just older people, but aspiring artists that want to be in the music industry because it, it I do talk also about the music some of the things I went through in the music industry and um, you know some of the do's and don'ts the importance of having an entertain, entertainment attorney mm -hmm. and things like that and to not sign a contract before you have the attorney read it first so those things are important right. you know because there have been lots of artists who've signed contracts and if not even have an attorney read it first. Mm -hmm. And then next thing you know, they're in a bad situation. They're stuck in a contract, can't get out of it. 
So, I mean, it happens a lot. So, you really got to know the business part of the music industry. Because it is a business. Yes, it is. Mm -hmm. So, that's why I know this is another reason why God really, I believe, put it, you know, on my heart to write this book. Because, I mean, I had thought about it like years ago, maybe eight years ago or so. Mm -hmm. But it was like God it was really been telling me, you need to pick up the pen and start writing this book. And that's what I did. Mm. And it's opening up them doors. Yes, it has. And it's, I, I've gotten many messages from people telling me that, you know, when they read the book, it really blessed them. Mm. And when I was talking about some things I went through, my transparency really blessed them. It helped them because they saw some of themselves and the things that they were going through. Mm -hmm. and, and they were able to relate to it. So I'm thankful I'm self-published. So the book is not in Walmart and places like that. But if it's God's will, it will be. But it's God available? Told me, God told me to self-publish. And um, I self-published under my company, Building Bridges Company. Okay. And um, the book is available on my website, which okay. is stacylattison.net. It is in some Christian bookstores. But um, as far as Walmart and Target, places like that, it is in Barnes & Noble, though. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah.
you so much for listening. Be sure to tune in for another exciting and fun-filled episode. You do not, you do not want, to miss, want to miss it. Follow me on Instagram at none other than Nigel. Like and subscribe on Facebook. Interested in being a guest on our show? Or have a topic or show idea in mind for me to consider? Just head over to none other than Nigel.com.